How are we all done this morning? If you don't mind, I'm going to take this coat off. I, it, it doesn't fit me right. Me with a jacket on, suit jacket on, just doesn't work. But I figure I'll try it. But it just doesn't do it. Today's sermon, uh, there are two parts to it. And we all know the, the story about Christ, and we all know the walk that he had to make. But I, sometimes I think we need to go over it a little bit better in more than one way. And uh, that's what we're going to do today. I've done some research on different things uh, here, and I'll be mentioning them in, the, in a sermon, which I always was a little bit confusing to me. I, I'm thinking, you know, could this happen? Could that happen? But... Uh, Let's go ahead and start here. Let's go right to the point of, of Jesus Christ after the Lord's Supper. We read about it. Uh, went into the garden to pray. You know he, how he scolded his his people went with him. You know he just went up there to pray for an hour, and they sat there and had already fell asleep, and he'd done this. Three times, or actually he said something to him two times. But uh, he was so full of anguish. I think we need to understand what was going through his mind at that time. He knew exactly what was ahead of him. He knew the suffering that he was going to have to bear. He turned around and, as I read, read here, you know, he, he knew things. So he goes to his father and asks him, if this cup can pass me in any way, let it pass, but let your will be done. You know, we hear, it's one of the places that we talk about on prayers. Sometimes we ask for something that is not according to what God needs us to do or what needs to come up. And at this time, we know the Lord didn't pass that cup away from him. He had to do this to fulfill prophecy and for each and every one of us could have a chance. But what bothered me is they talked about he cried so earnestly, he was so, so intense that the tears was like blood dropping. If you look down there at the bottom... He gives reference to it. You can hurt so bad. You could be so intensified in anguish that you can literally bleed blood. The blood comes up as you cry up to the thing, and it explains it. And you know that he had to be, how he was hurting at that moment. How he just wanted this all to be over. He didn't want to really go through with this. But he knew to not go through with it, what was the consequences? And he didn't have any consequences to himself, per se. The consequences he truly had was us. And also, the one consequence he never wanted to face is not pleasing his father. This is what he had to do. When they come to arrest 
Jesus Christ. He was portrayed by somebody that he had walked for three years with. No doubt loved this man, cared for him, spoke to him many times. And to somebody, what he was so close to would have to be a great pain. But he also knew who it was. He talked about it and everything. So, so when he went to get arrested, he come up and kissed him. I mean, the betrayal of a kiss. Well, here it talks about where he, Peter takes his sword out and, and cuts off a man's ear. And then Jesus Christ says, you know, you live by the sword, die by the sword. Jesus did not want this. This had to happen, one. Two, he didn't want it done with violence or, or hatred. Jesus Christ was not about violence and hatred. He just didn't do that. He wanted a peace on earth through all men, could understand the glory of God, could understand the, the feelings, could understand what walk he had to do to please God. And he didn't want uh, this to happen, the way he told him. He was an innocent man. He had done nothing wrong. But as he goes up in front of the, the court, I mean, they, they turn around, they... He went from that point into jail, and the people spit upon him. They covered his head and would say, you know, they'd smack him with their hands and say, well, who did this? Who prophesied? Tell me who done this. He was made fun of. I mean, this is the Son of God. This is a, this is a before he came down here, he created the trees and the dogs and the cats and us. He had something to do with each and every one of us. He loved us so much that he knows what consequences he's going to have to do. But people was cruel. People was ignorant about what he was there for. And we fight that ignorance every day now when we try to tell somebody about Jesus Christ and they just don't understand. They can't wrap their head around it. But it's our responsibility to help them find their way. Pilate couldn't find anything wrong. So he said to him, I cannot find anything wrong. He washed his hands of the situation and said, the blood is on you. And a scary thing what bothered me during this time is, you know, the people said, well, the blood is on me and my ch- children. Jesus Christ is still doing that walk. And to suffer in a way that we quite don't understand. He turned around and, I mean, he's here to make the world better. To help each and every one of the people find God, find peace in their lives. Then all they're going to do is spit upon him. I couldn't find this whip. 
and kind of glad I didn't, in a way. But this whip was made out of rope sometimes and sometimes leather. Had bits of metal planted into the, the thing, the, the striking. When he was scorned, when, the, when Pilate washed his hands and turned him over to the, to the, t- the thing, before he left, he was scorned. I don't know if we understand exactly what that means, and we'll go through it a little bit later here. This whip was designed, designed to tear the skin, designed to give as much pain that could possibly be made. And he was beat. And he was beat. I think this is hard to understand how people could be so hateful, so cruel. But don't we face that same problem every day? We can't understand some of the things that happens in our world. But we can't give up on the world just like Jesus Christ didn't give up on us. He could have went through and said, well, I'm going to take care of that one and I'm going to take care of that one and this one. And the rest of you, heck with you. You're not going to be anything. But Jesus Christ didn't do that because he wanted each and every one of us to have a chance to find a way. Even the man would spit on him. had a chance. Even the man who whipped him with a whip had a chance. And the only way he had that chance is what Jesus Christ was going through. I know it talks about 12,000, he said 12,000, uh, 12 legions could come down and separate him, but this had to be done. I can't, I can't understand the pain that he was going through at this time as he had to carry his cross to the mountain and we know that he could not carry it all the way and they picked somebody to help him carry it to the cross but this is a man what has been scorned this is a man what has had that crown of thorns on his head and beaten. Could you imagine how raw his back had to be and then turn around and put that cross on top of it? And every time he walked, it slid. Every time he had to drag that cross, was dragging across his back. And he still did not cry out for his 12 legions. I skipped over the idea of the crown a little bit. 
he was wrapped with beautiful linen. He was put this crown upon his head. He was beaten with a reed. Mocked. Made fun of. You know, honestly, when they bent down and said, uh, praised him and, and talked about the king of the Jews, well, they was right. He was the king of the Jews, and he honestly should have been bowing down, but not in, in laughter and jokes, not getting it up and striking him on the head with a reed. That would have to... I know that God had to be with Jesus Christ through this ordeal. He had to be with his father during this ordeal. Because there's no way in the world a man could have put up with that much pain. That much beating. And still be able to even move. But he had to die on that cross. So he couldn't die before it. He couldn't die when he was beaten and scorned. He couldn't die when he was struck on the head and these needles, thorns went into his head. He couldn't die when he's dragging that cross across the ground and that cross going across his back where it's just raw and bleeding. When I look at this picture, to think about his hands and his feet, the pain that had to be going through him, already whipped to the point of almost death, to have to stand there or lay there across that cross. And his hands stretched out. There have been many discussions about it and felt that he would have had to be tied also because the nails wouldn't handle the weight, would tear out. It doesn't say it in scripture. I don't know what happened for sure. But I can understand that part. And them nails going through his hands. He is on a big tree, basically. A log hoomed out for him. They had to nail that through his hand and then into that log and up to hold him. Not to keep him from being pulled out, pulled loose. If you look at this picture, we don't know exactly what it looked like for sure, but we know that he was up on that cross. He's got these uh, crown of thorns on his head. 
We see the blood, what's on the back of the thing, on the cross. You know, it doesn't say that, but I mean, common sense would tell you with his head bleeding and his hands bleeding and his feet bleeding, how much blood would have been on that cross. At the end, after the hours, he gives up his spirit. But before he did, he had two men right beside him. One is trying to get away from what he'd done and the guilt he was thing, trying to get a reprieve, whatever you want to call it. But another man said that we deserve what is happening to us. We deserve to hang on these crosses, but Jesus Christ did not do anything to deserve what he is doing. And Jesus Christ said that he would be there with him in heaven. He's sitting there through all this pain, and his mind is still on us, on each and every one of us. I think I had one of the slides which said the good and the bad and the ugly. You know, we saw the good. We sat beside them all the time. We've all been bad at times, and we know the shortcomings that we've had. But we've also saw the ugly. If there ever was an ugly, it was the man what put him through this. But his death gave them same ugly people the chance to be with their father. The chance of everlasting life. A chance of that glorious house up upon the hill, the, the, the pearly gates, the whole nine yards. He would get the same chance that the good did. He had the same opportunity to make it and change his ways. But the only way he had that right and that chance was done right here on his cross. You know, Jesus Christ did so many things in in his travel. A lot of, almost everything he'd done was a lesson. A lesson for each and every one of us to learn. When he died on that cross, he showed us How much he cared for each and every one of us. He showed us how much he cared for his father to go through this ordeal.
But that's what he showed us as we continue to talk. Let's see what we learned, what he taught us, what the lesson was. Oh. <laughs> you know, I squint every time I look at this picture. I've said to you all a hundred times, yes, I tripped over the, the bench and I fell backwards and I crushed them veins and they had to go through and, and stint, but it's just words, you know? You don't really think about it. After a while, the thought goes out of your head. You know what happened, and you know that it hurt. It had to hurt. But we forget that pain. I think it was mentioned many a times that the pain for childbearing, the women forgot. They knew they went through it, but they really forgot it, the real pain. And they said that was... God made it that way because there would be a lot of families only with one kid. <laughs> I know I'm kind of being honored a little bit, but if that would happen, the first one would happen with charity and she felt all the pain, I don't think I had any more kids. <laughs> Amy wouldn't be here. She was the second. <laughs> so what we're going to talk about now and kind of get an idea of what happened and how it meant what it went through. I just want to show you a few things. When I saw this, I remembered. When I show you some things, I want you to think about it. At this time, I'm going to have Jared or Gage come up and pass these out. I need to go back. How do I go back? I couldn't find the whip that they talked about. They talked about here it had three strings, or it had three pieces of metal, or three leather pieces. And a stick. Here they show him just standing there. I don't know if he was mounted against the wall or just standing there. 
But he had them thank you. But we know they didn't go that way. These are Roman soldiers. It seems like they enjoy inflicting pain. They didn't go. This is Jesus Christ, our Savior. A man who had done nothing wrong. Over. Over. Again and again. And at any given time, we go over the 12 legions could have said, no, this is enough. This is not right. These people are nothing. They're just a bunch of animals. I'm done with it. Two things kept him on that path that he was on. His father and us. They put a purple cloth, no, not cloth, purple, but a fine linen on him. When he really just truly deserved. He would have never put it on himself. But that's what should have been put on him. I want to tell you a little bit of these crown of thorns. Because they're not just crown of thorns. Picked out of your backyard. This actually came for Jerusalem. These thorns grow wild up the banks, up the walls, all through Jerusalem. And when he talked about gathering up a crown of thorns, this would have been the type of thorns what it would have been. Where they drug them, pulled them down and wrapped them around and put them on his head. The thought of this being on his head is magnified. Because if when you feel these pieces, just laying it on his head would have been a, a lot of pain and suffering. But you would take a reed and smack this onto his head I didn't have a read to show you, one, because of the weather. If you look up a read, it can be a couple different things, but mostly it was used as along the riverbanks that grows up aside and be like cattails and what we have here and stuff in that nature. That'd be soft. Another book said it could have been 
something in the name, uh, something the idea of bamboo. Could have been. We don't know. But we do know that reeds was a, where they've got them atlas along the river. And you think about that reed being hard. When they struck him on that thing, they would stick down to his head. Stick into his head and the blood would roll. But a reed would have been even worse. That reed is nice and loose and it's a string of, of if you saw cattails and stuff like that, do you know how that turns up and soft? And when they struck him on that head and pulled them off, that would pull that crown of thorns onto his head even tighter. The pain would be tremendous. And he did not stop. This would have been the type of nail was used at, them t at that time. This authentic type of way it was made, way it looked like. This is pine, this is a soft wood. We don't know if the wood he was tied upon, the soft wood or a hard wood. At this time, this is up to you. If you want to do it or you don't want to do it, I understand either way. Open your little pouches. You got a little alcohol wipe. And this little piece here, if you got sugar diabetes, know exactly what it is. This little lance goes into your sugar diabetes and into your thing. And on the very top, that little cap, you can twist it off. And if you don't have real good eyes, you won't even be able to see it. This is so tiny. If you want the impact when I do hit this nail, You can stick your hand with that little bitty prick, that little bitty small teeny weeny piece, and think how it would have been if this was in it. Before I hit this, I'm going to ask you to forgive me. But I feel this is about one of the only ways we can 
I grasped some of the things that he went through. Some of the, the pictures we need in our minds of what was, he was going through, just like I showed the picture of my leg. But pictures, what he was going through. He didn't do it on just one hand. He did it on two hands and his feet. He had to, they had to knock that in hard. They didn't hit it one time, they didn't hit it two times, they would have probably hit it quite a few. Each and every one of them. I really needed this up, but it's it's not there, so we won't worry about it. I know we talk about in scripture talks about he died for our sins. Our, Jesus Christ went to all this for us. He showed us that day how serious he was about each and every one of us. How serious he was about bringing us home with his father. How serious he was about his father. His father asked and he obeyed. And that's what he showed us. What did he teach us? What did he teach us that day? He showed us how to live. There are many different things put in front of us every day. No, not a crown of thorns. No, not a nail. No, not a whip. In some ways, a lot worse. We have to deal with people. We have to deal with hatred. We have to deal with lies. And we could say, I, I'm tired. I'm tired of this. Thank goodness that Jesus Christ didn't say that. We as Christians, it's got a lot of things in front of us. And Jesus Christ showed us from the beginning to the end all this pain and suffering. And he taught us a lesson that no matter what is thrown in front of us, Our Father is with us. 
We know three days later he rose. And he taught again. We know that no matter what this world puts in front of us, we got Christ to go to to help us through each and everything. We know that Christ had to be with his son, uh, God had to be with his son during all this. And God is with us every day of our walk. Jesus Christ, through the Bible, constantly prayed to his Father. To ask him what he wanted him to do. What did he want him to say? What did he want him to be? Each and every day. The lesson that Jesus Christ taught us that day is priceless. We talk about hate. Did Jesus Christ show any hate? Did Jesus Christ reach out and when Peter cut the ear off of the priest, said, yeah, that's the way to do it. Protect me. Or did he tell him to put the knife away? You live by the sword and you die by the sword. Jesus Christ has went through the crown. He has went through the nails. And he had a man beside him. Wonder even would have even thought. But he asked the father, he said to the father, for all the people, all the people, forgive them, father, they knew not what they've done. Praying for us. Praying for the same people that spit upon him. Same people that put him on that cross. And us. Well, you say, well, we didn't do that. Did we? Did we grow any of these thorns on us by the way we've acted and let him down? Did we hit him with that nail? But he loved us enough to do what he did. Now the question is, there are things that Jesus Christ has asked us to do in a very simple way. Live the way that we know is right. God has put these ideas on our heads. We know what's right and what's wrong. We've been gave the word. We know what directions that we need to be going. We also know that we can't do it ourselves. I can try and I can try and I can try, but if I don't have Christ working in me, I'm not going to be able to do anything. I am going to fail. When anything that we do and strive to do, let her ask ourselves, is that what Christ would have done? 
We had a lesson when Eric first started here to BLJ, to be like Jesus. Would Jesus get cut off on a expressway and make some motion and be mad and yell and holler? Would Jesus Christ quit on anybody and say, well, I've tried. I've mentioned to Eric, and Eric's mentioned to me, you know, a preacher never retires. He can't retire. He's got a mission to do. And when he dies, and when the Lord takes him away, that's his retirement. Well, how about us? Aren't we the same way? We need to continue all of our lives to strive to do what Jesus Christ wanted us to do. All of our lives are what their Father wanted us to do. And Jesus Christ showed us that lesson on that cross. I don't know how we were. Are we going to sing? Are we going to have. Okay. You know, he gave us a beautiful privilege when he died on that cross. The veil between the, the, the temple and the temple ripped right in half. So we're able to go to our Father directly, to our Father, and ask for the things that we need. We pray these things in Jesus Christ's name. Asking these things in Jesus Christ's name because he's our mediator. But we have that privilege now. Use it. If you've got a problem, ask your Father. He wants to help. And there are a lot of times he helps and we don't even know it. At this time, if you haven't gave your life over to Christ, if you haven't died of yourself, And turn your life over to him. And you want to know the love and the understanding that Jesus Christ had for each and every one of us. I ask you to come up at this time. And if we sing. We're 49.